Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Asian Glow Up Podcast. I'm Jojo, and today I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, April and Jackie, while we discuss some unexpected health updates that have happened over the last few months. If you guys remember episode 17, I had invited a very special guest named Connie, all the way from Australia, who is dealing with kind of a similar thing. I thought I had something called cyclic vomiting syndrome. I may still have it, but that's an update that I'll share. But pretty much cyclic vomiting syndrome is something I thought I've had for probably five plus years, ever since college started. If you wanna hear more background, just go tune into that episode. But to sum it up, it's a disorder that causes sudden repeated attacks, also referred to as episodes of severe nausea and vomiting. And these episodes can last from a few hours to several days. And in my case, it lasts over an entire week. And the reason it's relevant to both April and Jackie at the moment is because, well, I haven't even been in New York since April because of my health issues. And also because they were actually there during one of my episodes most recently, which was probably scary and very unexpected. But yeah, we're just here to, to talk about it all. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about what happened from your side because I think there are a lot of things that you didn't share with us, Mm -hmm. obviously, as you were living through it. And also just speaking for myself, I didn't want to constantly bombard you with questions. So for reference, for all of April, I was not sick. I was actually traveling for work. I was in Europe for most of April and then I ended it with a whammy which is also known as Coachella. So (laughs) I was obviously very freaking busy. Not the whammy. A triple whammy because it was my birthday and it was my friend's birthday and it was my boyfriend's birthday. And there was just a lot going on in that month. And I honestly think that's kind of what pushed me over the edge. Because in April, I I traveled like, I took like seven different flights all throughout Europe and it was just a lot. Yeah, within 30 days. Within even like two weeks, honestly. I remember we counted this before you went on your trip and we were just like, it's a lot. <laughs> like, let's see how this goes. Yeah. But we had no idea that this would happen because you haven't had an episode in like four plus years, right? Yeah, it's interesting actually because my last episode was while I was still in college. So like most of my college friends are aware of what it's like when I go through an episode because it happened at least once a year, every year in college. And in my like post-grad life, I had never experienced an episode. So really everyone else I've I've met who's in my life, like after 2018, probably didn't even know that I experienced any of that. Yeah. And I think maybe me and Jackie were a little bit more familiar just because we've lived together and we've talked about it before for the podcast. Yeah. But I think in general, it's not something that you go around saying like, hey, guys, like I have this chronic illness. It's not my icebreaker. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your two truths, one lie. (laughs) When did you realize as this was happening that an episode was being triggered? So as most of my friends know, I don't have a big appetite to begin with. Sometimes I will just like nibble at my food and then I'll be full immediately or I'll just like always take home leftovers. Like even in high school, One of my friends, Fate, would make a joke and say like, oh, Jojo had a cashew for lunch, so now she's full. That was just kind of like how people treated it, like kind of in a joking fashion. But I think what happened first was that I was eating a five-course meal with my client in Los Angeles. Actually, no, sorry. It was in Amsterdam. And it was this meal that I was really looking forward to, but 
five course meals, every portion is really small to begin with. And I could not even finish like the tiny little, the little dishes in front of me. And the client who was paying for it, I didn't want to offend her. So I let her know, like, I'm sorry, my appetite is just not very big. And she was like, I wish you told me because we could have just gone somewhere else. Like I felt really bad. And then during the meal, I actually got up and I went to the bathroom to go throw up. And I came back and I just could not eat anymore. And all the servers came rushing over asking me if I was allergic to the food. They were asking if I didn't like the food. Mind you, they didn't even know I threw up. So it was it was kind of traumatizing, but I decided to be truthful with my client because we had kind of bonded on that trip. And I told her straight up that I have a condition and it makes me nauseous a lot of the times and I can't eat big portions. And she was like, you know what? I think we should really normalize talking about these kind of things and not having like a stigma associated with it because like some people just don't have big appetites and that should be fine. Like we should normalize that. So that was actually a really lovely conversation I had with her. How long would you say that lasted? Were you feeling nauseous till the end of the night and you're like, okay, I got to go home or you're like, okay, I'm going to stick this out and see what happens. Sometimes it doesn't disappear until like I go to sleep. So sometimes the only solution is to just fall asleep. And then by the time I wake up in the morning, I'll be fine again. So it just like doesn't really have like a set time, I guess. You being in Amsterdam was pretty early in April too. That was your first stop, wasn't it? So I was in LA first and then I was in Amsterdam and then I went to Portugal. So yeah, it was like kind of in the middle of my travels. But it was interesting because in Portugal, I don't know if it's just like the quality of the food, but I didn't throw up once in Portugal. So I kind of considered myself to be in the clear. And then to be completely honest at Coachella. So first of all, I was drinking like I I of course only drink socially. But when it's a three day festival, you're drinking like multiple times every single day on top of mixing drinking with other things. So I think that also like really pushed me over the edge. Also, it was my birthday. (laughs) And from that point on, I realized like, oh, this could be happening again. And it's probably mixed in with the fatigue too. Mm Because it's not just like you're drinking and sitting down for the whole day. Like you're out all day in the heat, probably dehydrated as hell. Absolutely. So I'm sure it was a mix of a lot of things. Yeah. So the first episode happened Shortly after I got home from Coachella, I had celebrated my birthday with some friends. And then a few days after that, I went to the hospital for the first time. And I was there for, I think like four days, but it was crazy because like, I wasn't even working at that time because I was still on PTO. And then I like barely had energy to even message my boss telling her that I was in the hospital. And pretty much from that point on, I couldn't work. And I still haven't worked since that first episode, which was at the beginning of May. Yeah. And when you say first time in the hospital, you mean for this chunk of episodes, not ever. Yeah, not ever. I've been hospitalized probably like six times total. And each time it's been for a week long. When you are hospitalized, CVS is really unknown already. So when you are going in, how are they treating you? When I say that I have cyclic vomiting syndrome... They asked me, do you smoke marijuana? Because there's actually another disorder that is exactly the same copy-paste as cyclic vomiting syndrome, except it's caused by using marijuana. 
and that is called CHS, which is cannabinoid hyper something syndrome. So they always kind of like in a judging voice ask like, oh, are you smoking marijuana? Like every single time. You're like, yeah, and what about it? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because like I really don't. So yeah, like I always shoot them down, but it's like they always judge me so hard and they're like, it must be from smoking or something. Yeah, because I remember Jackie and I talked to Nick about this actually. They don't necessarily know that much about what CBS is. Yeah. They can only do so much. They're like, okay, let's keep her hydrated. Let's make sure she has like the bare minimum of what she needs. But they don't know how to actually solve any problems is kind of what he said. They don't us. solve anything. They just kind of yeah. put a blanket over it and try to mm-hmm. make it as comfortable as possible. Can you briefly describe the feeling when you're in the middle of an episode? I know something you mentioned in the past is the only thing that helps is taking a really hot shower. But let's say you're just like... No medication, no hot shower. Like, what is that feeling? The way that the nurses describe this symptom, they say that anxiety can cause it, but when it gets really bad, my fingers will curl into a ball. Like, my hands will become balled up and they'll start shaking really hard. And they say that can be from low oxygen and also high anxiety. So, like, the last time I was in the hospital, I was like, oh, do I need, like, an oxygen tube? And they're like... No, I think you just have anxiety. And then they walked away. And I was oh like, I was like sitting there <laughs> You're with like, my hands balled me? up. Oh and God. I was like, that is really messed up. So my last visit was not the best. But other than that, it's like extremely uncomfortable inside of my stomach. And I am like vomiting every like five minutes, even when there's nothing in my stomach. I believe a few years ago, they were worried I was going to rip my esophagus from all the vomiting and all the acid coming up that they told me, like, if you don't stop vomiting, you're going to have to have surgery. Oh, my God. What is the thing that for you soothes that? Or what do you want in that moment that could help it make it feel at least a little better or at least, like, okay, I can kind of get through this? So for me, it's just, like, it's weird. Like, the only relief is vomiting. But if you're at the point where your esophagus is about to tear – you have to make a choice where you like cannot do that. So it was kind of messed up the last time I was in the hospital. I feel like the nurses were kind of neglectful, if I'm being honest, because they kept assuming that I was in pain when I was just nauseous. And they kept coming and asking me if I wanted pain medication. But this is how I realized like some people leave the hospital with like an addiction to pain medication because of like... I don't know if the right word is neglect, but I'm just going to call it neglect again. Because for example, like I would not ask for the pain medication, but they would come around every like eight hours or so and ask me if I wanted a dose. And they gave me morphine and it made me feel really good, like euphoric, like I was on drugs. And I was like, if I don't say no the next time, I'm scared I'm going to get addicted to this. Like it was kind of scary. That's just kind of being lazy too. And it is neglect because it's like, well, if I can give you this medication, you'll just shut up and I won't need to deal with you again for a little bit. I will shut up because guess what? It makes you really drowsy. So I would Mm. sleep for like three more hours after that. Yeah. And then they don't have to come check on me. So I realized like that's how people leave the hospital with an addiction to morphine and stuff. It's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. How much time passed between the first episode and the second one? So I was actually hospitalized three times over the course of... May to June. So over a course of like a few weeks, honestly. 
they didn't properly treat my high blood pressure from that first hospitalization. And so as a result, I had a seizure in my room, which was really terrifying. But then the third time I was hospitalized was June 5th, which was actually like maybe only a day after April and Jackie actually came to Houston to visit me. And it was pretty insane because we planned the trip because we haven't seen JoJo in about two almost. At that point, two months. Yeah, two months. And we knew everything was going on. We knew we could see you. We weren't planning to do anything. We just wanted to see you, make sure you're okay, and just spend time with you in Houston. We first booked the flights. I think it was when you were in the hospital the second time. And then by the time you got out, you seemed a lot better. We planned a four-day trip. And Jackie and I were really thinking about like, okay, should we rent a car? Should we book an Airbnb? Like, we really don't want to bother Jojo and her family, you know? Like, mm -hmm. we don't want them to be dealing with us while also dealing with this. Like Jackie said, it was definitely just to see you. I think we purposely didn't set many plans. We finished like all of Selling Sunset. We basically. watched the entire fifth <laughs> season of Selling Sunset. I do want to point out though that in the FaceTime call before we visited, when you were in higher spirits, we were talking about like, oh, maybe the aquarium, like maybe the beach. Like we can think about things to do. I really thought I was okay. Like I was like, we'll go to the beach. Yeah, like you were feeling better. So obviously we were just planning around that. But even through these discussions, like we weren't going to go to the beach in Houston, you know, like we were going to just <laughs> spend time with you. Okay, so it was a four day trip, right? First day we land, great. We had a really nice BBQ dinner at home with your family. And I remember you actually went to bed early because you were feeling really tired. Yeah. So I think that was the start of when you started feeling sick again it was like me and april and then jojo's parents while jojo's like upstairs and we're yeah. having barbecue with them because to be honest i was actually really tired so i was like okay i'll just go up but a part of me was like am i also getting nauseous from the smell of food mm, so yeah. i had to remove myself from the situation <laughs> then we didn't really do too much the next day the next day is when we watched a lot of selling sunset but we did plan for a game night at your boyfriend's, mm -hmm. which... With a, a lot of my friends, actually. Like, yeah, like, like your... eight other people or something. And that was really fun. It was really nice of Nick to pick us up, too, because, like, we were out of the way. But he came and, like, drove all the way to where we were and drove us back to his apartment. Oh, for context, I can't drive for six months because I had a seizure. So that's why we were being, like, <laughs> chauffeured around. I don't always get chauffeured. <laughs> we started game night, and I think probably after the first game or so, JoJo ended up going upstairs, and I, I don't think we thought too much about it. We are like, okay, Also, for context, I love games, and I'm very competitive, so yeah. it's a huge red flag if I'm not there. When JoJo had to leave, we were like, do we still play the games? <laughs> you brought your, like, high blood pressure machine or whatever it's called with you to check on your blood pressure when we were there. So I think that's when you were like, okay, I should go check it. And you're like, ah, shit, like, it's yeah. pretty high. If any listeners are familiar with blood pressure, a normal one should read around, like, 120 over 80. Mine was like 174 over like 120. So I was not okay. Right. And you tracked it out till we finished all the games too. And we were kind of sad because we were like, oh, Jojo would really love this game. But you were upstairs. But I think after we were finishing up, we we're like, okay, you know, let's head home now. And your parents were sweet enough to come pick us up. And I think on the way home. On the way home, I started to feel like shit. 
No, and I remember too because your parents were sitting in the front, and then it was Jackie, me in the middle, and then you on my right. Yeah, yeah and then I think you were like texting us, yeah. saying that like you weren't. You were like, "Oh, I I threw up when I was upstairs." Because I didn't want them to know. Yeah, I think I actually had my parents pick us up kind of early because everyone else stayed pretty much. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think they picked us up at eight or something. It was like eight thirty. It was like pretty early. Honestly, when you first said something, I didn't think you were actually starting an episode. I thought you just weren't feeling well. Like, I don't think I understood the gravity of the situation in yeah. that moment. Like, when we were in the car, because it's just like, like, we're in high school getting picked up from the movies. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, like, JoJo's not feeling well, but like, we're going home. And you just texted us like, oh, I didn't tell my parents. So yeah. we're like, oh, oh no, but like, yeah, we're, we're like, oh no, like, but we were in like, oh no, like we need to yeah. do something. Yeah. And then it was like a little more quiet. Your parents are speaking Korean to you and like you can feel the car speed up because we're like, oh no, shit. I mean, I, you started talking to your parents in Korean and not that I understand Korean, but I could like, un I could see what was happening. You could right? feel the, the body language at that point. You also said like certain phrases because I think your mom was asking you like, wait, what? And you were like, yeah, like right now. I remember mm -hmm. you saying like right now and I was just like, it's happening. <laughs> I was like, something's happening. <laughs> so what happened was, I also think the car made me feel like a little more nauseous than mm. I would have been. But it just felt like if I don't go to the hospital tonight, I, it's not going to be good tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to be okay. Because at that point, like, it was hard for me to even, like, keep food down, really. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but when we got lunch when you guys first landed, I didn't eat. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I didn't eat the barbecue dinner and then I don't know what happened the next day, but I don't really remember eating that much either. Yeah, you didn't eat anything. Yeah, it's just crazy because like you said, your appetite has always been so small and now it's even smaller. You got a lot skinnier for sure. And you probably have gone skinnier since we saw you. I lost 10 pounds and my Zara jean shorts that have always fit me really well. They're like my favorite pair of jean shorts. I wore them out to dinner last weekend and we took a picture in front of this like monument thing and I was looking at it and I was like we can't post this picture I look insane and they were like joking around they were like yeah your pants are huge and I was like <laughs> these usually fit me oh my god <laughs> oh no I think that car ride was just like it was like a 30 40 minute car ride and it just got increasingly more like mm -hmm. oh my god what is happening yeah and then we get to your house like we're pulling up i hear your mom or your dad saying like something something like chingu like referring to us and i was just like oh my god like we're being a nuisance like yeah. there's obviously shit happening oh my gosh no and then we're just like we're sleeping at your house so we're like oh my god jojo and her parents are going to the hospital while me and april are like what do we do at jojo's like home? literally i was thinking in my head like we should have fucking gotten that airbnb because the way you got out of the car, you literally, the car stopped, you got out of the car, you didn't say anything, you just walked right in. I could not speak. I remember you guys had dinner, you guys had dinner to go, so you were starting to eat that, I think, and I needed to go take a bath, like a yeah. hot bath. I think it was your your mom, you were like, yeah, just eat, like, it's fine. I think they just experienced it so many times, and maybe they didn't want us to worry, mm. but your mom was like, just eat, like, it's okay, and we're, like, eating our Chinese food that we bought to go, and then we're just like, what is happening? We're like, should we book an Airbnb, like, right now? And then you came downstairs, and you walked right past us and went to the car, and we were still there with our food, like, oh my god. <laughs> when I'm, like, feeling sick, I, like, cannot talk to anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't even talk to the person checking me in at the hospital. Oh, no. So I just handed them my ID and they were like, 
you need to say your name out loud to check in. And I was like, holy shit, this is so annoying. So she made me like say my full name out loud, even though I was like writhing in pain. And then I just went to go like shrivel up in the corner. The day after we met up with Nick, I think we knew you had episodes, but we didn't know like what any of these episodes entail and things like that. Mm-hmm. And Nick usually kind of walked us through like, oh, by like day two to three, she's not responsive, but like, you know, she can hear and like be around. Can in hear? The <laughs> but like day four or five, maybe you'll get a text and, you know, she's awakening up and we'll be she's a little more like, yeah. <laughs> I'm conscious the entire time, by the way. It may not sound like it, but a lot of my other friends who have, who have experienced it in college know not to expect me to like text them back within like four or five days because I'm just not even like thinking about my phone the entire time. Cause like the way that Connie from the episode on CVS explained it from her POV was that her boyfriend becomes her secretary and responds <laughs> to texts on her behalf. So that's just kind of like the reality of it. Yeah. I think Nick was like, oh yeah, like I can go in and see if JoJo's okay. And if she is, like, you guys can come say hi. But your mom was like, no, like, don't see JoJo, basically. Like, she just wants to be alone. And we were kind of like, totally yeah. get it. We don't need to go see her. Like, she knows we're here, you know? Like, yeah. we'll we'll figure something out. No, because I didn't want you guys to feel like you're, like, in jail. Like, I, I'm glad that <laughs> Nick, like, took you guys out to eat and stuff and, like, go check out a little bit of Houston Oh my god, we went to the Chinese oh spot. We ordered so much. It and was Nick, so good. Nick <laughs> looks at the food when it gets brought out, right? We ordered like I think Did you order an entire crab? crab? Yeah. Between the three of us, we ordered, I think, five dishes, but it's Texas, so all the portions <laughs> are humongous. Yeah. Like the, there's so much food, and we were just like, we're oh, it's okay. Like we'll take, you know, the leftovers. Yeah. No, Nick literally looks at it and he's like, Oh, we're definitely getting to go boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick in general already doesn't eat as much, but I yeah. think you April two are March. a very cost-effective couple <laughs> for dinner. Yeah, I told him, I was like, I'm a cheap date. <laughs> I don't know. We just chowed that down like no know. other. It was completely gone. Yeah. And we got boba after. This is the first time we've had more like one-on-one time with Nick. So it was nice. Yeah, like, that's true. We, I feel like we learned so much about Nick. I feel Nick. like I learned There's, so much about yeah, Nick. Yeah. Like a lot of fun facts. He talks a lot. So after they left Houston... I had to deal with like a lot of specialist appointments, a lot of follow-up appointments because my parents were like, this is extremely serious now because we thought it was like a just during college stress type of thing, but it seems to be apparent in your adult life. And honestly, like the difference in my body that I feel from when I was 22 experiencing this to when I'm 26 experiencing this, it feels really different. And it's really making me realize how like we're aging. Like, sorry to be depressing about it, but like I didn't bounce back like I did before. Like I have so many other issues that are still with me. Like I have high blood pressure still. I'm on like four different medications. I take them twice a day. So it's like eight pills a day. I'm seeing a neurologist next week. I'm seeing a cardiologist. I think I'm just like really taking note of the holistic needs that honestly everyone should have checked like regularly, but I know that like access to healthcare is a big issue in the US. And like even me, I am not working right now, but I'm on medical leave, so I still have insurance. And if I didn't have insurance, 
I would not be able to access any sort of healthcare. Your mortality is showing. <laughs> I'm looking dead <laughs> in the eye. I don't know why, but like the way she said that, I, I was like, like, "Is that a compliment?" She's like, that... "Not your mortality showing." <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about it because, like, like we really need to start listening to our bodies because we're almost we're closer to thirty than twenty now. But it just makes me like almost like. I don't want to say despise because that's a very like negative serious word but it makes me really jealous of people who have never dealt with serious health things like for me now I'm going to think about this even more and when I'm like planning a trip for example like something as simple as like going to LA I'm gonna have to really consider if that's what I should be doing at that moment and like you've heard the quote health is wealth like it really is wealth and like for someone like me dealing with something ongoing like this, like it's August and I'm still dealing with it. It's just kind of like depressing. And so it's been really hard to like keep positive through it all, but it has been like a really hard dose of reality, like a hard mm -hmm. pill to swallow this time around, literally yeah. and figuratively. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. You know, knowing that this is chronic for any listeners out there, like, do you have any advice or just like general thoughts that you would want to share with them? On like what? Like my mental POV or? Yeah. You know, like pushing through and. So this is going to sound kind of weird, but my TikTok for you page has kind of been filled with other people who have like maybe an invisible illness or a disorder or something. And I realized like everyone is going through their own shit and like you shouldn't ever compare your situation to someone else's. But like there are people who have it worse than me who have a more positive outlook on life and so when I see those type of like content creators on TikTok especially who are like maybe even younger than me like I've been getting a lot of like quadriplegic people who are like in their early 20s and they're like making the most of life still and I'm like okay if they can freaking do it then I can too so like I don't know if that's really the best advice but that's kind of what has made me feel more positive about my situation, just like mm -hmm. seeing other people still doing perfectly fine. I actually found this organization called Cyclic Vomiting Syndrome Association, and they have a group of volunteer doctors that sit on their board, and they're all throughout the U.S., but I happened to find one in Houston, 45 minutes away from me. So I went to go see him, and he actually looked at me and went, I actually think you might not have cyclic vomiting syndrome. And... That was honestly really shocking because I have thought I had that for like five years. Mm -hmm. So to hear that it could be something else that's curable is like actually insane to me. And he mentioned that it could be like a hormone imbalance. It could be like maybe a growth inside my body that they haven't found. Like it could be anything. And he wants to rule out every other option before he lands on cyclic vomiting syndrome because there's no cause, there's no cure. And so the vomiting syndrome would be kind of like the last explanation. So I actually really appreciated his answer. And I'm actually really looking forward to my next follow up with him in a few weeks. And I'm doing like a bunch of like hormone tests with him and hopefully I'll figure it out. But if not, that's fine too, but I'm working on it. That's insane. And I guess now looking to the future, like what are your plans? Like, are you planning to come back to New York anytime soon? I hope so. The only reason I'm still in Houston right now is because all these specialists are so booked up 
Like I scheduled this neurologist appointment two months ago and I'm not seeing them until next week. So that's kind of like the main reason I'm not back. Cause like, it's crazy. I've been paying rent since April and I haven't been there since April. So it's just <laughs> like crazy. Also, we renewed our lease right before all of this happened. So, cause it's also like, I was going to renew anyway. So why yeah. not? It's just crazy. Like the amount of time I've spent away, but I'm really looking forward to being there. Hopefully by September, we'll see like how these next few doctor's visits go, but otherwise I'm doing fine. I start work again next week and we'll see where things go. How do your parents feel about you coming back to New York? They seem to be a little nervous about it. I think mostly because like the seizure thing was really scary and new. I don't know, we haven't really talked about it too much, but I think they understand that like my career is in New York and like I have an apartment, I have a lease in New York and <laughs> I kind of should be there. So I think they understand that. It just sucks that my brother was there the entire summer and I couldn't be there for any of that. And now that I'm gonna go back, he's not gonna be there anymore, but yeah, I think in general, like they understand and they know I need to like continue back to life. What kind of life changes do you see that you have to make now after all of this has happened? Yeah, I will not be drinking alcohol anymore. And I've actually started to realize how important eating like balanced meals are, especially when like I can't eat that much to begin with. So I will like, when I'm snacky, I reach for a veggie platter. Like I make a Whoa. veggie platter. Who is she? Like I've been cutting up bell peppers and carrots yeah. and celery and cucumbers with a little side of ranch. And that is my snack every day. Okay, I'm, that be real. I saw some carbonara noodles on okay. the- <laughs> Okay, you're right. I will eat carbonara noodles every now and then, but I still try to get like an intake of veggies, which I normally didn't really care about. Like I didn't realize the importance of it. One of our listeners, Justin X. Kwan asked, it must have been tough mentally. What was one thing that helped you stay positive? I think it was just the fact that personally for me, like I'm at home with my family and like I probably have spent the most time with my family than any of my friends have this entire year. There's pros and cons to it, obviously, but like I've been using that as like a positive thing to get me through it because otherwise I wouldn't have seen them as much. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you to our listener, Justin. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode in particular is something I and all of us actually have been wanting to record just to like document this particular like health milestone, I guess, for myself. And if you have any questions or maybe are dealing with something similar to me or just want to chat, feel free to hit me up. You can find us on Instagram at Asian Globe Pod. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye.